Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. All right, everybody, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Monday. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, live from the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce annual meeting. And uh, coming up, I'm looking forward to this because we're going to talk about the state of the U.S. states, which I think is going to be very telling considering what we saw in the November election. And a commonwealth or two. And a commonwealth or two. But first, let's get the very latest. We're inclusive here at Blue yes, Radio. Yes, we're going to include the mass, of course. Uh, Charlie Pellet's got the latest in business news headlines. All Charlie. right. Thank you very much, Corey Johnson. Thank you, Carol Master. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ are all lower. The VIX below 10. Stocks fluctuating near records. The dollar rose with Treasury yields as volatility drained from financial markets after a convincing defeat of populism in France's presidential election. David Kelly is J.P. Morgan Fund's chief global strategist. And on Bloomberg Television this morning, he told us the fundamentals are definitely improving in Europe. Even the European Central Bank raising rates. That's okay, too. Because, in fact, I think the European Central Bank has been far too... Uh, I think it's been a bad policy to keep negative interest rates there. If they move away from that, that's positive for European banks. I think it's actually positive for the European economy. It's amazing to me that the European Central Bank doesn't see that. So a little you know, a little hotter is actually the way I think Goldilocks like the porridge. Well, the 10-year right now down 8.30 seconds. Yield there 2.38%. Gold up 90 cents to 12.27. Higher by one-tenth of 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude up 20 cents a barrel. 46.42, a gain there of four-tenths of 1%. The bidding war between AT&T and a company said to be Verizon Communications for 5G airwave license holder Straight Path Communications has reached a fever pitch. After weeks of offers and counterproposals, the standard Standing offer for the company is now $3.1 billion or $184 a share, almost double what AT&T offered last month. AT&T shares, little change, down three cents, down one-tenth of one percent. Shares of straight path communications surging by 31.5%. Gold up 80 cents, 12.27 the ounce, up one-tenth of one percent. Recapping S&P down a point, a drop there of one-tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellett. Well, we're coming down to the closing bell. It's brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money, get a free business, uh, gift card every trip. Use the code BUSINESS, and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card for your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See the site for complete details. We are in Boston. But this is the Boston I wanted to hear. <laughs> I know. This show. Takes you back. Uh, live from the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce annual meeting. Carol Masser, Corey Johnson, right here on Bloomberg Radio. Coming up, we want to talk uh, a little bit about what's going on across the country, because the November presidential elections made us all take a step back, consider some of the different economic and business scenes and situations across the country. McKinsey out with uh, some research called Measuring the State of the U.S. States. Nav Singh is with us, managing, back with us, I should say, managing partner at McKinsey & Co. and chair of the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce, also managing partner at uh, McKinsey Boston. I said that twice because it's important. <laughs> nice to have you back with us. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about this research that you guys did at McKinsey. First of all, Boston is nice and warm right now, so no, don't it's believe not. that it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, 
As you know, Massachusetts is around $484 billion GDP, uh, doing great overall. People are looking into it. $484 billion in GDP? That is country number 24. Uh, yeah. The greater Boston area, $386 billion, and that is country number 29. So we are doing pretty well. All eyes are on us right now. Right. But that said, McKinsey, uh, we decided to do some research to compare all the different 50 states uh, to see who is doing what. And people typically pick one metric here, one metric there. We said, let's collect all the 68 metrics that we can track. And we got the data on that. We looked at healthcare, education, crime, opportunity, economy, and so on. And we ranked uh, different states, and we got the data. We partnered with U.S. News on this. Right. And U.S. News, as you know, is very good at ranking stuff, and they ranked stuff up. And uh, the good news is Massachusetts came on number one. Wow. And my kids asked me, Daddy, did you do that research, and that's why Massachusetts was number one? And I told them, <laughs> I did not. Uh, it was somebody else and much smaller people ask, than your me. Your kids were asking if you fixed it, <laughs> fixed the data points. That's uh, interesting. So, uh, so number one, it's, it's just 3% of U.S. GDP, but about, yeah. but, but number one. Uh, on your list. Uh, what, what what are the uh, factors that go into that? So uh, we are number one in education, number two in healthcare, behind Hawaii. So we need to like, catch up there. Healthcare is defined as what? Uh, healthcare includes access. It includes quality. It it actually includes overall pop- pop- population health. Okay. And then you go into... Uh, into and education is not just higher education. Education Higher ed and lower ed both. Okay. Yeah. K-12. K- and then you've got, a, you've got what we all care about, the economy, which includes jobs, growth, and so on. And then there are four or other, five other factors. The good news is also that this region does pretty well. Right. I was just looking at it. New just Hampshire came out number two. Vermont came out number 10. So we have three of the top 10. So as you think about this, there's something magical happening here that we should be what, looking at. What did you learn, though, in doing this? Because, you know, at the kind of um, bottom end of the spectrum, if you will, southeast and southwest. And yes. we know that the south has often had problems, certainly with education and some other issues. You know, what is it? What's in the special sauce here in New England, here in Boston specifically, that just makes it all work out well? I, I mean, it's, it's kind of, yeah. it's, it's diverse by nature, and that's got to be helpful. I think people often ask me as to what is success behind Boston right now. And I would say it has been, uh, be, uh, it has been going on for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Uh, our roots in education, all the investments that have been made out here, uh, the top institutions out, out here, uh, people caring. I think as, as you will hear th- this evening, people care out here. They go off and try to make a difference. Uh, so is it something magical and can we retain that? Who knows? Uh, but a lot has been happening over the last 20, 20 30 years. And I think the current climate is excellent. We have got a bipartisan government, I would argue, that works for a change. Uh, and uh, we have people who actually really care. And Stop there for a moment, because I feel like, you know, yeah. Corey, we've, we've talked with various folks from Boston over the years. And this bipartisanship that you that seems to be so ingrained yeah. in right. the culture in Boston. I mean, not everybody agrees, but there are discussions, there are debates, and things get done. That's exactly right. Uh, the governor and the mayor will both be here today. Right. Uh, we all debate about issues. They know what is on top of our mind, and we know what is on top of their mind. It is a collaboration. And uh, when we are not happy, we raise issues. The press out here is very active, and all the issues are out, out, out there. So it is democracy at work in a massive way. Um, in terms of business development, too, I wonder what the uh, what's the best thing, best way the relationship between business and, and government could improve. Uh, well, I think it is both new and existing. Because uh, we all get excited about new businesses coming in, but the number of jobs that existing businesses are, are creating are, are many, many more. Right? So we need to focus on both. We need to focus on ensuring the needs of the current businesses out here are being met, 
and also attracting many more new in. I think uh, in terms of bringing new in, I would say we need to go on offense. In terms of foreign direct, direct like investment, uh, we are still number 10 in the U.S. Hmm. Given the intrinsics we have here, we should be number one. Uh, so I think there's a lot more that we can do. Uh, I think we need to be more proactive and to go on offense. Uh, when people come over here and the whole world comes to learn out here, we should be meeting them at the, at the like, airport. Uh, that is what the, the like, other parts of the world will do. Right. So I think caring both for new businesses and the existing ones is what matters. Nav, good to have you back with us. Um, I always love talking with you. Thank you so much. Nav Singh, he is chair of the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce right here in Boston. See the Nathan Hager right now with a look at what's happening in the world, the national news headlines. He's in our 991 studios in our nation's capital. Thanks, Corey. Well, former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates is testifying about Russian election meddling before a Senate panel right now. She says she warned the Trump White House that National Security Advisor Michael Flynn could essentially be blackmailed by the Russians. She says she aired her concerns after Vice President Mike Pence made some comments about Flynn's contacts with Russians that she knew weren't true. Not only did we believe that the Russians knew this, but that they likely had proof of this information. And that created a compromise situation, a situation where the National Security Advisor essentially could be blackmailed by the Russians. Ahead of this hearing, President Trump tweeted that Gates should be asked if she knew how classified information made it into the newspapers after she spoke with the White House counsel. Senators asked. Yates answered that she doesn't know. The Trump administration is urging a federal appeals court in Richmond to focus on the text of the president's revised travel ban, not his campaign rhetoric. A federal appeals court in Richmond is hearing arguments right now on a Maryland judge's decision to block the order limiting visas from six Muslim-majority nations. They struck out on the first executive order because they could not persuade uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals in San Francisco that this wasn't a Muslim ban. So they went back to the drawing board, and they came back with a way more robust version where they laid out the whys and wherefores as to why the people that they wanted to keep out from specific countries needed to be kept out for at least 90 days. Bloomberg's Andy Harris earlier on Bloomberg Law. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.